There's three sides to every story. There's my side, your side, and the truth. I photograph what my conscience asks me to. Uh, you bet you are. Uh, you bet I am. Uh... We're going to fight for those Australians who haven't got the time to go around and get on Twitter and wear T-shirts. I will not be lectured about sexism and misogyny by this man. I will not. G'day folks and welcome to another episode of The Curb. My name is Andrew Pearce and this is a podcast that takes a look at Australian culture, films and a whole bunch more. This podcast is recorded in the lands of the Wajak people of the Noongar Nation and I pay respects to their elders both past, present and emerging. On this particular episode I catch up with the, well, somebody I never actually thought I'd probably talk to, which is producer Sean Devandran who is from Lad Bible Australia Originals. Now, how did I end up talking to somebody from Lad Bible? Well, there is a new series which is available on Amazon Prime called Unheard, and it is all about racism in Australia. It is a really powerful series and one that I highly recommend everybody watch. And I know that the instant reaction from some people out there listening to this, or maybe uh, when it pops up on Amazon Prime, might think, why do I need to watch another show that's about racism? Well, this particular one is told from the perspective of people who have lived with racism within Australia. We're talking about Aboriginal people within Australia. We're talking about refugees. We're talking about people who have been the victims of Islamophobia. It is hard-hitting. It is powerful. But it is also something that we need to address as a nation and as a community as a whole. And I dig into the origins of this particular series with Sean, and also how to break down the barrier with people who might not consider themselves as racist or might not see that there is a problem in the nation as a whole. It is a little bit difficult, but it's something that we all need to do. And those difficult conversations are hard for sure, but we need to have them. With that in mind, folks, I'm about to play the trailer for this particular show. There are some things in this episode that might be a little bit triggering for some people so keep that in mind if you are listening this is of course we're talking about racism here we are talking about uh, aboriginal people who have died in custody we are talking about those real issues that have occurred so please if those kinds of things might be triggering to you uh, maybe give this episode a skip um, but certainly recommend this series to people that might really need to take a look at it or, or have a benefit from actually watching it. Again, it's on Amazon Prime, and as I mentioned during the interview as well, the first two episodes are free to people to watch as well. So if you don't have Amazon Prime, you can certainly check out the first two episodes and hopefully get a little bit hooked there. All right, guys, here's the trailer. We'll be back with the interview with Sean. My skin tone, my color, they would call it yuck. Go back to China, you Asian dog. I didn't want to be black anymore. I didn't want to be myself. They started to throw stuff. They stormed David Sill, hold him face down. Why didn't they listen when he was telling them, I can't breathe? Here in Australia, everyone reckons racism doesn't exist when it happens almost every day to a lot of people. To even suggest that racism is a problem, it's interpreted as if someone is trying to wage a culture war on Australia. People do treat you differently because of how you look or how they think you look. It's not spoken about at all until we hit a crisis. 
politicians and media commentators almost are making it an objective of theirs to put that misinformation out there. The narrative is taken away from us and we're told what we are. Racism has found its way into our laws and the way they're enforced. 100% of the kids in Northern Territory are in custody are Aboriginal. There's obviously something going on here. We are one of the only countries that detain children. Is this what we really stand for as a nation? If I don't step up and share my experience, what always is will always be. We're at a point where we just need to tell the stories and make people sit with them uncomfortably for a while. Wow, it looks like a lovely office you got there. Uh, this is just my spare room with uh, where I do all my work and stuff and, yeah, all my DVDs and things yeah. there, so... Looks like a solid collection. Uh, yeah, lovely. There's about, it stretches more that way, but there's about 3,000 discs in there. So, wow. just a few. Incredible. Just a few. <laughs> I, I had a uh, similar collection back in the day, and then I, I left the country for a little while. And when I came back, my family had given <gasps> them all away. My VHSs, oh, no. like, like Pulp Fiction originals, and yeah, I was heartbroken. They go for like 150 I know. bucks a piece. Yeah. Nowadays, yeah. I have, I know. um... You can't see it, but over there I have a copy of Brain Dead, Peter Jackson's Brain Dead on VHS. Oh wow! And, um, it's in it's in good condition, and I I follow it on eBay every so often, and they go for four hundred, five hundred dollars. It's a little bit insane. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, got to support physical media. Uh, I guess is the best way of putting it. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. Nice yeah. Way. Awesome. All right. Let's let's jump into talking about this really powerful series. It's it's a difficult watch for sure, but um, I kind of want to get into the heart of how this came out to start off with, and then we can explore how difficult it is to tell these kinds of stories. So, I understand that you are one of the main people that that's behind creating Unheard. Where did this idea come from, and and how did you approach it to start off with? Uh, I think what we saw in 2020 was thousands and thousands of Australians taking to the streets, demanding better coverage of these issues here in Australia of racial injustice. Uh, and it raised a very good question. Is it, why is it that most Australians know who George Floyd is, but not many know the names David Dungay Jr. or TJ Hickey or their stories? Uh, and so Lad Bible, with our reach of over half a billion people worldwide, we set, set out to create a campaign uh, essentially around lending our platform and our audience to those organisations and the communities they represent uh, to really bolster support behind, you know, the, I guess, the vi sometimes violent and the issues that they're facing, but also, you know, um, support their, their calls for justice. Uh, and, and so uh, in 2021, in February, we launched the Unheard campaign, uh, which essentially, you know, helped funnel our audience into supporting those partners, the National Justice Project, National Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Legal Services, Deadly Connections, Asian Australian Alliance, Islamophobia Register, Refugee Council of Australia, among many others. Um, and what we saw is, you know, almost immediately we, we reached over 100 million people worldwide uh, and helped generate over 250,000 signatures. So working with those partners, we began to identify uh, emblematic cases of the issues that we're facing. And, you know, some of those issues were Indigenous deaths in custody, the targeting of Indigenous youth, attacks towards Asians during COVID, attacks towards Muslim women in Australia, uh, the treatment of asylum seekers and refugees, and the vilification of the African community. 
And so, you know, building those relationships with the partners and participants, uh, we began to develop a documentary series uh, of the same name, Unheard, uh, and partnered with Amazon Prime Video to kind of make sure that these stories were were going out to the world. It's a, I didn't realize, I mean, I know Lad Bible's big, but I didn't realize it was that big. Like it's, it's that's a that's a huge audience to to reach and to use the platform of you know reaching so many different people for a good purpose uh, is really powerful um i guess i mean for me could you just give a bit of a history of that bible and how it's come about and how it's become so big as well so people get an understanding of of how it's uh, effectively one of the major players in media today yeah, absolutely. So I think probably most people may know Lad Bible uh, from the social videos and I guess the presence on social platforms uh, around the world. Uh, and as those numbers began to grow, um, Lad Bible developed a, I guess, a Spider-Man-esque style slogan with great social power comes great social responsibility. So, you know, Lad Bible Group worldwide um, reaches approaching a billion people. Uh, and so we look at ways to help you know, bolster support around the issues that our audience care about and that we generally care about as well. Uh, and so when Land Bible Australia first came to Australia, uh, we, we launched the Citizen Reef Canning, which is about uh, addressing climate change and the health of the Great Barrier Reef, making the world's largest living organism, the Great Barrier Reef, an Australian citizen and holding the Australian government to account by providing the Great Reef with the highest level of health and the right to life. Um, but, you know, what we saw this year um, and last year, and, you know, this has been going on for decades now, is the issue of racial injustice. And so really what we, we try to do is engage that audience to really kind of drive forward, um, not only spreading awareness, but also helping to promote action. Um, and, and we've seen success in this space before, you know, in the UK, had a campaign around helping um, homosexual men do- donate blood up until June of 2020. That was illegal in the UK. And there were certain terms you had to go through and through a campaign called a legal blood bank, uh, we managed to help overturn that law in the UK. And so hopefully we see similar success uh, with the Unheard campaign and the Unheard series. Yeah, I, I hope so too, because it is, a, it is, again, it's a seriously powerful series. And it, it's something that I think, especially in the trailer, which I think most people are going to be watching the trailer first before they actually embark on the series, because reading about it, it's, they're going to probably feel that it's a bit of a difficult watch, and it is a difficult watch, and it should be. But there is a pointed moment, a comment that's in the trailer, which basically says, we need to shame people into action. We need to shame people into change. How is that part of the Unheard campaign? Is that a conscious thing that is part of the Unheard campaign or is it just a thing that one of the, the people in the series has mentioned themselves? Uh, yeah, I don't think they said uh, shame. I think you might be referring to Jenny Leon's Yes, that's right, yeah. Uh, quote. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She said we've reached a point where we need to just tell stories and sit with them uncomfortably for that's a while. It. Yeah, and, <laughs> I guess it's, it's it translated <laughs> in my mind to be like, I feel like, uh, I guess when I was watching, I'm like, I feel that we need to shame people into change myself. That's how I've probably changed it myself. So, yeah, because... Yeah, no, no, no. And, and I think that that's a big part of it is it is an uncomfortable situ- uh, conversation to have. And it, they are uncomfortable issues to kind of deal with. But I think uh, as Australians and, you know, as a human race, we need to move through that. We need to acknowledge that there are issues. Um, and it's not a... I don't think it's a cultural attack on Australia. I don't think it's 
um, you know, pointing fingers. I think it's saying, look, there are issues that we've inherited over generations um, and there's inter intergenerational trauma uh, that many communities experience. And, and as a result, you know, we see, you know, some of these issues that we have to deal with today. And so I think it is about acknowledging, yes, there is an issue and, and really not kind of, I guess, not seeing it as a personal attack, as seeing it as these are people's lives uh, that are being impacted. And that's what we tried to do with the series in eight episodes is we, we first start with a personal story. So it's about a mother who's lost her son. It's about um, a daughter who's trying to take her mother to the theatre and they're assaulted for their look. It's about two sisters going to the shops uh, and being blamed for COVID and being attacked and threatened with a knife. Um, and when the audience can you know, connect with that human story, uh, we then begin to see that these aren't isolated incidents. You know, we break out the statistics and we see how commonplace you know, the, these, these incidents are. Um, and really, I think we need to address those broader issues and say, you know, these aren't isolated incidents here and there. Uh, we need to look at ways to better document that. Uh, and hopefully we've kind of highlighted that in the documentary. How do you find that balance of, of telling those generally difficult to hear stories and um, balancing it with the, the need for change and showing the path for change? How do you find that kind of balance in the show? Look, it's completely driven by participants. You know, I think a common thread uh, among the people that were willing to to share their stories throughout the documentary is that they're fighting this fight every day. Uh, and in some cases, you know, they've, they've fought this fight for, for years, uh, if not decades, uh, and they still hold hope. And so, you know, telling their stories and allowing them to tell their stories, you know, an important point to highlight is, is this is not about the Lad Bible or Amazon saying, look at what's happening to these communities or look at what's happening to these individuals. It's us sending the mic to those communities and saying, tell your story, tell your truth, share that with the world and and yeah, hopefully we've done that effectively. Yeah, I, I think I think you have for sure because, I mean, I, I'm personally familiar with some of the stories, like David's story, and it still hits home. It still is very, um, it, it's upsetting to see. And you know, throughout this year, there have been some really powerful films or, or series that have been covering the same kind of uh, subject matter. The Barrow of Murders, for example, which is. Obviously, it's a very powerful uh, movie that was on SBS, and, and that is about the need for change and structural change in Australia. And I guess, for me, at the end of watching this, I, I'm left with hope that this kind of uh, program, this kind of, uh, you know, the social action that is done by Lad Bible, that is done by Amazon, will actually help instigate some kind of change. Uh, how do you kind of, how do you branch that? for in yourself how do you kind of set an expectation of what the audience will receive from when they particularly watch this this series themselves uh i think you know everyone uh, will likely and it is you know uh it is a conversation that there's a lot of different opinions on and i think uh, a lot of different audience members are going to interpret this differently uh, but what we've done is you know we've received a fantastic review today talking about how it's not sensational what we do we're just presenting the facts we're presenting the stories and I think you know when you when you are presented with you know these kind of details and the data behind it and really digging out to how this impacts people on a, on a personal level um, yeah you know I think we're really going to sway a lot of people to to realize that this is an issue and this is 
impacting people's everyday lives and families and, and tearing communities apart. And, you know, we really need to start stepping in the right direction. So awareness is definitely the first step. Um, and what we do at the end of each episode is drive the audience to support our partners on the campaign and series and support uh, the communities and issues they're fighting for. Uh, and hopefully we see that support off the back of that. You know, if the campaign has shown us anything, if we tell the stories, people will will garner uh, and, and, you know, and boss that support. So hopefully we see the same with the launch of the, the documentary. Yeah, fingers crossed. That would be really helpful. I discussed the show when I was on the radio earlier in the week and, and had recommended to people I do a, a weekly show that's on the radio talking about new TV and, and film and things like that. And one of the things that the, the co-host that I was on there with was he was like, how do you kind of, how do you get to the people who don't think they're racist, but actually might be, or actually are, or might be blind to uh, the systemic racism in Australia? How do you get to those people? How do you get them to sit down and watch a half hour episode of this? This is, um, yeah, this, this is one of the key issues that I think a lot of our experts throughout the documentary also addressed is that often when we start to detail racism or systems of racism in Australia. Uh, it is seen as a cultural attack, and I think, you know, that that is not the case. We're where these uh, where these communities and where these organisations are coming from. They just want to see changes in behaviour. It's it's not saying, not trying to condemn anybody. Uh, and yeah, Osman Chu, who's a fellow at Per Capita, uh, who appears in the documentary as well. He he kind of talks talks to that and says, you know, we, we need to kind of address the fact that when we describe these behaviours the same way as we would describe any assault, you know, we can need to condemn the behaviour and not a community or a people. And I think, I think we've tried to divide that to say we're not saying that Australia is bad, we're not saying that, you know, people are bad. What we're saying is there's behaviours here that we need to address um, and, you know, there's positive steps that we can take together. Yeah. Let's talk about the partners for this as well. As you mentioned at, at the beginning there, there is a, an extensive list of partners. Was that a case of Lad Bible going to the partners and saying, here's what we want to work with? Or was there kind of a community shout out to say, if you're working in this field, come to us and, and let us know how we can help you? Uh, yeah, in June 2020, you know, when we, we really recognize that that we could help in this space uh it was just making those phone calls so day in and day out i was speaking with uh, different partners different organizations people who i felt could benefit uh you know from utilizing our platform um and yeah and really kind of explained to them that we we would be a third arm we would you know whatever support they need we could be there for them and so we've created a direct line for them to, to access our platform uh, and this document series is going one step further. You know, we're not only accessing now um, Lad Bible Australia's reach of over half a billion, but Amazon Prime Video, uh, potentially Amazon Prime Video's global reach of over 175 million. So, so you know, there's there's some big numbers there. And if we can funnel those into the people who need it, then, you know, I think I think we're headed in the right direction. I must say I was a little bit, I think I've mentioned this before, but I'm, I was a little bit surprised that Amazon was behind it too. The, the things that they've been putting out has been opposed to what has been putting out by the other streaming services. There seems to be a real push for uh, art house or fringe stories that aren't usually explored on other streaming services. You know, I, I look at Annette, which is obviously a completely different uh, entity in itself, but that's funded by Amazon too. And that's 
put out by the service. Is it really important to have a streaming service like this that is taking risks to tell these kinds of stories and embrace these kinds of um, art house entertainment or fringe entertainment that, that might not be supported elsewhere? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, a big part of that is reaching uh, a global audience uh, and supporting them. You know, Amazon Prime Video are, are making a presence here in Australia, and I think they're making sure that they're telling Australian stories, and these are important Australian stories. Uh, and the benefit to, to making sure that even uncomfortable conversations um, and, and documentaries like this that, that are broaching those uh, reaching a global audience really kind of bolsters that support. You know, if, if history's shown us anything, putting more of a global focus uh, on particular issues of a country really kind of puts the pressure on decision makers uh, to make positive change. And and I think I think they're doing the right thing by by being able to share those Australian stories and, and you know support the local community. What's the hope with the, a global aspect for this series too? Because obviously it's it's to help enlighten Australians who are going to be watching it and learning these stories. But what's the aim globally in, in America and specifically who might not be familiar with these kinds of stories taking place in Australia? Yeah, absolutely. Conversations that we're having in, in Canada, US, UK, and, you know, even the, the previews and peaks and trailers that we've sent out now, we're getting a lot of feedback of people saying, we had no idea this was happening in your country. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier is that there is so much coverage of this in the US, there's so much coverage of this in the UK, uh, that many Australians know more about issues in other countries than they do their own. Um, and so I think, yeah, creating that global awareness, getting the support of, of larger countries, of countries that are often more publicised, that do have you know, active communities that support progress in this space, you know, I think that can only help us. Where do you see the, the future of, uh, this is a very broad question, so I'm, I apologise for that, but mainstream media in Australia doesn't do a very good job of covering the kinds of stories. So where do you see the future of media as a whole? Is it in fields like social media, like streaming services, that these stories are going to find an audience? Or will there be a push to eventually change mainstream media to be able to cover these stories more because I look at like the Black Lives Matter protest last year and there was more of a conversation about social distancing rather than actual the actual cause itself and that's terrible but there needs to be some kind of action from my perspective at least for mainstream media yeah I, again a broad question so I apologize for that <laughs> yeah no worries oh I look I think there has been progress definitely you know if you look at reporting say 30 40 years ago uh, in terms of, I think that's what you're speaking to and how media talk about these communities, uh, certain communities. There, there has been progress, but absolutely there's a long way to go. You know, we, we have um, an episode that looks at how the African community in Australia are portrayed. Um, and there's absolutely evidence to say that, you know, we need to take steps forward and the impacts that that has on young people as well. You know, as adults, I think you can say, oh, okay, you know, that this is how, the media view my community um, but as young people you know you really take that on board and and it can really be detrimental to their mental health you know and their sense of value so um, you know what we've tried to do at least in the campaign leading up to the documentary is set that example making sure that we're covering these stories consistently making sure that how we tell these stories are, uh, are factual uh, and allowing the voices of those directly impacted to be heard as well 
Um, and, and we hope, you know, that example kind of catches on. The first two episodes are free for people who aren't Amazon Prime subscribers. What was the decision behind that? Uh, making sure that we can reach as many people as possible. Um, yeah, I think if we can make the, these episodes accessible to the widest possible audience, uh, it can only be a good thing. So, yeah, that was the reasoning by making those first two episodes yeah. free. And, I mean, they're really, again, they're really powerful episodes. And unfortunately, they're still so relevant. Every single day we hear more stories. Like just here, I'm, I'm in WA and we've had the story of a police officer who was let off for having shot somebody. And it's just like these kinds of stories are really important to tell. So I hope that the audience has really come to this particular series and, and seek it out. Was there anything that surprised you as the series went on uh, that you didn't expect to be told or explored? Um, I think, you know, what was a, a really sobering um, truth was how we keep updating the numbers when we were dealing with these issues. Uh, you know, during production of the Indigenous Deaths in Custody episode, um, five more Indigenous people died in custody. Um, and during the, the uh, development of the attacks towards Asians during COVID, obviously that's a very live issue as well during the pandemic. You know, there are hundreds more attacked in Australia. And so, you know, I think that was something that we, we were regularly dealing with, constantly updating those facts and numbers that we had to make sure that they were most relevant. Um, you know, I think that was quite sobering in itself. And, um, yeah, you know, dealing with subject matter and, and having that constantly evolve as you're trying to tell a story, uh, it, it makes it even more real. So, yeah, you know, on, to, on top of that, just um, bearing witness and, and working with the participants throughout the documentary, you know, the heart and courage that they have to tell their stories and continue to fight, um, you know, that was something really inspiring. Mm. Was what what kind of support was offered to the participants and the crew as well, like yourself in particular, who are dealing with these these tragic stories and the increasing numbers of, of people dying in, in custody? What kind of support was offered there? We had support services that we shared with uh, participants and, and partners uh, and those involved uh, throughout the course of, of production. And so, you know, that that was an important part. We formed a very tight-knit family, um, you know, throughout the course of the production and, you know, sharing these stories, it's, it's obviously bound to happen. And so, you know, I think a key part, um, and, and a lot of the people that, that, you know, feature throughout the documentary series, they have been in the public eye um, for some time. And so they, they were used to telling these stories and, and, and going out there, but it doesn't make it any, you know, less traumatic. I think it, Whenever you share these stories, it definitely opens up wounds and, uh, and we witness that. But, you know, checking along the way to make sure that the participants were driving the narrative of each episode, I think that was, um, you know, something that was kind of our, our guiding compass to make sure that we were headed in the right direction uh, and then we are making sure that it wasn't being sensationalised and, and really telling their truth in the, in the most sensitive possible mm. way. Is there, like, people watch the series, they, they, they watch all of it, where can they go afterwards to basically put an action and, you know, go to a website to learn a little bit more to help support things? Yeah, um, well, at the end of each episode, what we do is drive the audience towards um, the, the partner platforms and, and to support those participants and their dance for justice. Um, but we've also created the ladbible.com slash unheard platform, uh, which also directs people 
um, to those relative partner petitions, donation programs, volunteer programs. Um, you know, we, we've already seen that when we're putting those stories out there and a lot of those stories are appearing on that page, when we're putting those stories out there, uh, we're getting a fantastic response. And it just speaks to, you know, even though they are uncomfortable conversations to have, when, when you tell those stories, um, you know, a very wide population responded positively. Yeah. How, how do you say positive as well? How do I say positive? <laughs> oh, oh, man, I'm just yeah. a happy guy. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's inspiring, as I mentioned, or inspiring working with, um, you know, each of the individuals who continue to fight on. I think if any one of us uh, on the team in the making of this documentary ever felt like, oh, you know, life is too hard, we only need to look for inspiration of those people that we're highlighting. Um, you know, it takes a tremendous amount of courage to share their stories and continue to fight every day. Uh, day in and day out so you know i think that's perhaps where i I draw my positivity from as always i want to thank my guests sean for being on this particular episode and discussing the show unheard which is available on amazon prime and again those first two episodes are available for viewers for free so if you don't have amazon prime you can at least check out those first two episodes and see what it's all about and maybe get a little bit hooked and get a subscription or whatever you need to do to watch the rest of those episodes i highly recommend it and i want to take a hats off to the work that the people uh, the, the the folks at, at lad bible are doing with these kinds of projects as we mentioned in the particular interview there that you've just heard the greater barrier reef the great barrier reef uh, project that they've worked on is pretty significant the work on reducing the impact and the stigmas associated with gay folks and bi folks in uh, the UK and being able to donate blood is really significant as well. I had kind of wanted to ask a little bit more about that, but we're here to talk about Unheard and I really want to have that kind of project instigated here in Australia because uh, a lot of people don't know that, that gay folks here in Australia and bi folks here in Australia are still not able to donate blood, which is quite problematic right i hope that you enjoyed this discussion or at least got something from it i certainly did and i get a lot from these discussions and i find them really really powerful and i'm really fortunate to be able to actually participate and do these and share these interviews with you and with that in mind i'm also really grateful and thankful that throughout this week we're going to be celebrating the sydney film festival which is launching at the end of this week and to help launch this particular festival we have a whole bunch of interviews that are coming up Uh, i have personally interviewed ben lawrence kylie bracknell jj winlove john bell a whole bunch of really great australian uh, filmmakers that are coming up so make sure to keep your eyes on thecurb.com.au for those interviews and Stay hooked to this RSS feed as well because there's also an interview coming up with Kia Roche-Turner, the director of the new Wormwood film. I really enjoyed that one too. That's going to be popping up in your feed very shortly, guys, and make sure to uh, follow us on social media to keep track of this as well, Facebook and Twitter, The Curb AU on both of those platforms. If you want to go the extra step, a little help over at patreon.com forward slash The Curb AU. As little as a dollar a month helps keep the website nice and independent. All right, guys, I usually try and keep these nice and short, but uh, nonetheless, here I am wrapping it up, and I will see you in the next one. Thanks, guys.